Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Lunchtime, your bi-weekly podcast for busy and bi-vocational pastors. I'm Hans Wunsch, your host. So glad you're with us. Well, we've started a new year. Great things are going on. We've got a, a new season now of Lunchtime underway, and we're just very glad for that and glad that you're with us today. And as we do every time, I want to start this time with prayer. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you love us. We thank you that you call us. We thank you here at the beginning of the year. We think about new things and we think about how things have been renewed. And we pray, Father, that you would help us to be renewed in our our faith in you. Help us to be renewed in our desire to serve those that you've called us to. And Lord, help us to not grow weary in doing good, as we will talk about in a few moments. But help us, Lord, to follow in your footsteps, to do the things that are that you desire. Because we know in due season we shall reap what we sow, if we don't, do not lose heart. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we continue on, just a couple of quick things. Number one, uh, we would love for, to hear from you. Uh, we'd love for you to um, email the show, and the best way to do that, to contact the show, is to email me at hans at onechtime.com. That's H-A-N is a nice, S at onechtime.com. And uh, we would love to hear your questions, your thoughts, your comments. Uh, if you're enjoying this or if you've enjoyed our podcast so far, would love for you to like and subscribe and rate uh, our podcast, and that way we can have more people hear us, and that way uh, we can encourage more folks. Because that's the reason why I do this, is to encourage you. It's not for Hans. Uh, I've got other things I can do, but I want to be an encouragement to you. And so as long as this encourages you, we're going to keep on doing it. And uh, so we're grateful for that. Hey, um, something real big coming up, and, and we're going to talk more about this in a minute, but Trainuary, please mark your calendars, Trainuary, January 28th, First Baptist Sylvester, 9 a.m., 4 p.m. on January Saturday, January 28th uh, at First Baptist Sylvester. Uh, we're going to have a great lineup of folks, and uh, we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But please put that down, and uh, please uh, decide today to go ahead and be a part of that. And the best way to let me know that you want to be a part of that is to go on the Mallory.com website. That's M-A-L-L-A-R-Y dot org mallory.org website and there's a banner there that says trainuary click that it'll take you to our eventbrite page and you can sign up and pay for that there so please do that uh today and so um hey i want to read you a passage and i want to tell you a story uh about something i've seen going on here over the last couple of weeks and i want us to talk about it because i think it's important i think uh because of a number of things number one um Ministry has its ups and downs, um, like waves on the ocean, uh, like so many other things, hills, uh, valleys, and, and mountaintops, the Christian life. Jesus says, I may have, if, 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 if life is um, a series of ups and downs, and Jesus says, I've come that they may have life more abundantly, that means bigger ups and maybe even lower downs. Um, but I want to read this passage to you because I think it's really important. Um, it's found in Galatians chapter 6, starting in verse 6. 
It says, let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will reap will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. And prior to that, Paul says in Galatians 6, 1, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks of himself as something, then he is nothing. He deceives himself, but let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For each one shall bear his own load. So, a couple of things going on here. Number one, he starts off with that second passage, right? Uh, at the beginning of chapter 6. And sometimes we, we come across church members who are overtaken in a trespass, right? They have sinned. They have, they have done something. And, and sometimes that sin is public. And sometimes that sin is directed towards us. And I don't think it's any accident that Paul couples these two statements, these two passages, thoughts, together. That while there may be one who is overtaken in a trespass, um, our natural tendency is to bow up. Right, Our natural tendency is to lash back. Our natural tendency is to do something uh, that is not edifying. And Paul says, don't do that. Be careful if you're overtaking the trespass. If somebody's overtaking the trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. In other words, it could be you. Like whenever this winds up happening to you, you want people to treat you like you treated others. And that is with the spirit of gentleness. So why am I bringing all this up? Hans, why, why are you bringing all this up? Well, so I'm on a Southern Baptist pastors group on Facebook. And the story hit just before um, Christmas. This thread was started by one of the people on that group. Talking about a friend of his in ministry who got up on the Sunday before Christmas, so the 18th of December, and during a very public showing in the middle of the worship service, or as part of the worship service, the supposedly chairman of deacons for that church handed the pastor what he thought to be his Christmas bonus. Why did he think that? Well, he thought that because the chairman of deacons said, we want to thank you as a church, and and here's your Christmas bonus kind of thing. I mean, that, maybe not exactly how he said it, but that's that's how he presented it. This is your Christmas bonus. And then he got home, opened the envelope that was supposed to have a check in it, and it was a blank piece of church letterhead. Not wanting to jump to any conclusions, the pastor 
went to the treasurer of the church and said, hey, um, I went to open my bonus check envelope and there wasn't anything in it. And the treasurer said, I'm very sorry, but that's what I was told to do. So greatest fear in this situation turns out to be the truth. Turns out to be what happens. Now, again, we're getting this story secondhand. Um, I don't have a, a good reason to doubt the pastor that mentioned this. Um, but, uh, man, I don't know about you, but when I read that, my blood boils. Like, I get offended. I get mad. I bow up on behalf of my brother pastor. I can only imagine the amount of hurt he's experienced, his family's experienced. The pastor that told the story of a friend of his, this friend of his, said he wanted to resign the next Sunday, Christmas Day. I mean, that's how bad it was that he was willing to resign on Christmas Day. That's what he wanted to do. Thankfully, he spoke to his, this brother pastor. Thankfully, he had a conversation with him and and this brother pastor talked him off the ledge. But I can imagine the hurt. I can imagine the pain that he is feeling. And I can imagine how very discouraged that must have been. How, how very discouraged he must have been, or, or maybe still is. And so here we have this passage. It says, if a man is overtaken in any trespass. Now, why would you bring that up, Hans? Well, listen, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Now, he doesn't say he's a truth. He is the truth, which means that what? God is true. God cannot lie. And, and God is not, does not have to use lies in order to accomplish his will. God can always use the truth to accomplish his will. The truth is more important to the Lord than us saving face or anything along those lines. Listen, if this church didn't want to give this pastor a Christmas bonus, they should have just not given him a Christmas bonus is what I'm thinking. Not make this big spectacle like they're going to give him a Christmas bonus and then turn out that there's nothing there. I mean, that's, that's just even worse, right? And maybe somebody hoped, maybe somebody hoped that he would show out. And then they would be able to point to something and say, well, this is the reason why he needs to leave. And thankfully, he didn't do that. So if somebody is overtaken in a trespass, and, I, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it, if, if the facts that as we know them are what happened, then this chairman of deacons and whoever conspired with him have trespassed because they lied to the congregation and they lied to the pastor. Whether what they did was, I mean, w whether not giving him a Christmas bonus was the right thing or the wrong thing, what they did in the process by lying to the pastor and the congregation is sin. Now, I'm just going to call it like that. It's sin. And if I had been the one that had been sinned against, I would be livid. I'd be very upset, and I would be very tempted to lash out. 
And I think this is part of the reason why Jesus tells us in the Sermon on the Mount, if you forgive other people their trespasses, then your Father in Heaven will forgive you. But if you don't forgive other people their trespasses, they, your Father in Heaven won't forgive you. That us forgiving others and being forgiven by the Lord are inextricably linked somehow, some way. And, and that way is very important because we need God's forgiveness in order to serve him properly, in order to allow him to reign in our lives. That needs to happen. And so the, the pastor goes to the chairman deacons and said, hey, I'd like to meet. Chairman deacons says, hey, it's Christmas week. It's, I'm really busy. Can we wait till the first of the year? Pastor concedes. I don't know that I would have done that. Just to be honest with you, I don't know that I could have done that. It would. It, it, it sounds like it has torn this pastor up emotionally, spiritually. And I can totally see why. Like, I get it. And then Paul says, later on in Galatians 6, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Like, God is involved in this process. Whatever a man sows, he will reap. And if he reaps to the flesh, he's going to reap corruption. And if he reaps to the spirit, he's going to reap, he's going to sow in the spirit. If he sows, if he sows to, the, to the flesh, then he's going to reap corruption. If he sows to the spirit, he's going to reap everlasting life. And then Paul says, let us not grow weary while doing good. For in season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Listen, I can't tell you how many times I've read this passage in times of pain and hurt and distress. I can't tell you how many times I've wanted to pull out a resignation letter. I can't tell you how many times I wanted to lose heart. I can't tell you how many times I've thought that this was all on me. It's not. It's not on me at all. It's the Lord. So, Paul concludes, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially those who are of the household of faith. Let us do good to all. And we're going to talk more about how we can avoid this in the days ahead and how we can respond if something like this were to happen to us when we come back. So I started talking about Trainuary, $15 plus I think like a $1.50 service fee from Eventbrite. So $16.50, thereabouts, less than $17. Get you a meal, get you training materials, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Saturday, January 28th. What you gonna, what's going to happen there? Well, number one, we're going to have a track for bivocational pastors. And here's what you're going to learn. Number one, we're going to talk about how to plan your preaching so you can plan out the rest of your 2023 and January of 2024. We're going to talk about how to do that in the first hour. That's just the first hour. Steve Foster with our evangelism team with the Georgia Baptist Mission Board is going to come. He's going to talk about evangelism. He's going to talk about how to... Um, not only evangelize, but also how to have a visitation program 
in your church, how to merge those things together so that you can serve your community. Byron Edens. Byron Edens is the is the new head of the bivocational certificate and degree, I think, at Bruton Parker College. There's, some of these things are still kind of in the works, but Byron is the head of this. He's, he's in charge of it. He's going to come. He's going to share about bivocational pastoring. He's been a bivocational pastor for decades and doing a great job. And Chris Reynolds is going to come and he's going to talk about how to going to talk a little bit about what we're about to talk about, but in depth about how to pour into your leadership so they can be leaders within that congregation well after you've gone. So they can lead others well instead of just being deacon for the moment. That's just the bivocational pastor track. There's also going to be a bivocational and volunteer youth track and a bivocational and volunteer music track. Now, the volunteer and bivocational youth track is going to be led by Chris Trent. Chris Trent is part of the Georgia Baptist Mission Team Board's uh, Next Generation Team, Next Gen Team. And he even has a podcast called the Youth Ministry Volunteer Podcast. And so he's going to help our volunteer and our bivocational youth ministers uh, be able to develop leaders see trends that are going on within youth, uh, Generation Z, as it were, and also um, encourage those youth leaders. So you, you need to send your leaders, your, your youth leaders, Sunday school teachers, um, youth teachers, like maybe that are on Wednesday nights or Sunday nights or whatever, and then also anybody that's uh, a youth pastor, youth leader, youth minister, whatever title you may have. Youth director, be great for them to be there and learn uh, from Chris. He's going to do a great job. And then our music track is going to be Danny James. Danny James is the uh, music pastor at Gillyville Baptist Church, uh, the church where my family attends, and I get to attend on occasion as a director of missions. Don't get there a lot, but Danny's doing a great job. And one of the great things that he does is he helps encourage multi-generational service in the worship ministry. So not only does he have folks in the, the 55 and up crowd doing stuff, but he's got them all the way down into grade school that are helping out. And so he's going to talk about that and he's going to talk about basics for music ministry. So if you've got music ministry volunteers, I mean, I'm talking about people that help with a children's choir or youth choir or help in some other way, um, or, uh, music ministers or music directors or what have you, I encourage you to have them there on January 28th, First Baptist Sylvester. Uh, they're going to be providing us a meal. Um, Pastor Wellness has uh, been very gracious to partner with us on this, Georgia Baptist Pastor Wellness, and we're very grateful for that uh, contribution that they've given to us, along with allowing uh, Chris Reynolds to be a part of that, and we're just very excited about that day. So please uh, set your calendar, January 28th, 9 to 4, also at First Baptist Sylvester in Sylvester, Georgia. And to sign up, the easiest way to sign up, uh, if you don't have a flyer or something along those lines, is to go on the Mallory.org website, M-A-L-L-A-R-Y.org. Click on the banner on the very front page. It says Trainuary. Click on that. It'll take you to an Eventbrite page, and there you can sign up and sign up your leaders and everyone else.
So how do we respond to this in love, number one? Because that's what Paul says, right? Um, that, that we should respond to such in a spirit of gentleness. How do we do that? And then what can we do to help something like this not happen? Now, can we prevent it completely? I don't know that we can. I don't know that we can. But if we do certain things now, maybe we can recover from it. All right, so spirit of gentleness is number one. As much as you want to assume things, don't. Don't don't assume anything. Don't assume that you know what's going on. Um, and, and, and here's what I would encourage you as much as you want to say, why, 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 why instead say, I don't understand or help me understand. It becomes less confrontational when you do that. Help me understand what was the, you know, my first question, if, if, if I, if I woke up in this pastor's shoes and, and once I came down off the ledge and once I, once I, you know, caught my breath and was no longer, you know, felt like my head was going to explode. And, and I'm just going to tell you that I'm pretty sure that those things would happen. So I am not down on this pastor at all. Don't hear me say that. But I would say, help me understand why this was done this way. Help me understand what was the purpose behind this. Help me understand why there, what, what the issue was that led you to choose not to give me a Christmas bonus. You say, well, Hans, maybe the church is in tough financial situations. From the, the person who, who knows the pastor, the understanding is not only is the church in the black, the church is financially healthy. Financially healthy. So that's not the issue. So it, again only getting one side. It sounds like there were certain people that were upset with certain things the pastor said or did, but did not communicate those things to the pastor, which by the way, Matthew 18, it's kind of what you're supposed to do, right? And we have to help people with that. So instead, they decided to be passive aggressive and do it this way. And in the process, they lied. Like they didn't just lie to the pastor, they lied to the entire congregation. And so, what do you do? Well, I'm of the opinion that the apology or the reconciliation needs to be at a similar level as the sin. So if the sin is a one-on-one kind of sin, then the apology needs to be a one-on-one apology. But if the sin is right there in front of everybody and their brother in front of a worship service then the apology needs to be in front of the worship service. Because it wasn't just the pastor they sinned against. There were probably people within that congregation who believed that they were blessing their pastor, that that funds that they had contributed to that, that church were blessing their pastor and his family at Christmas time. And that didn't didn't happen. And then you work to reconcile. Now, I would say, at this point, with with this big of a deal, 
there probably needs to be some people within that leadership structure that need to step down for a, a, a season. I'm not saying forever. I'm not saying they never get reconciled. But they certainly need to be discipled. They certainly need to know that, that, that this is not the way believers in Jesus Christ act. This is not the way someone who has God reigning in their lives serves the Lord and his people. And so we do that. We do it with a spirit of gentleness. Um, not trying to bash anybody. With a spirit of gentleness. And helping them understand these things. It's unfortunate, but sometimes people see somebody who is a good leader in the world and assume that he would be a good leader in the church. And that's not always the case. And if we look at Christ and we look at his life, we see somebody who leads from a servant position, which is very different from the way most people lead. Now, briefly, how do we how do we avoid this in the future? What how do how do we equip our leadership so that these sorts of things don't happen? N- number one, communication, communication, communication. That's that's the big thing. Like, tell them often if there is something that you are hearing, I'd rather be aware of it. And be able to say it's been handled or not handled. And you and, and all of us as a team work together on solving this problem. Then not hear it at all. I know not everybody believes that way. I'm just telling you like this is, this is how I think you can do this. Number two. I think that anytime you have a leadership meeting. There needs to be prayer. And it's not just the pastor who prays. For instance. When we had deacons meeting at my last church. Um. Each and every deacon in that meeting would pray out loud in the midst of his brother deacons. And listen, if somebody is not willing to pray at least a little bit in front of his brother deacons, um, maybe they're not ready to be a deacon yet. I mean, if you look at 1 Timothy 3, it, it implies to me that this is the kind of person that is growing spiritually, and the kind of person that's growing spiritually has open lines of communication with the Lord through prayer. And along with that, I would tell you that every so often, it was not every month when we met. Um, It was not even on the first meeting of the quarter or, or whatever, but several times during the year, let's say between two and five times during the year, as we were praying Of course, I got to pray each time as well. And I would go around the room praying for each deacon and his family and things that I knew were going on in their life, prayer requests that I knew were on their heart to show that I deeply care for them because I do and did deeply care for my deacons. And... I believe that's one of the ways that you build in a two-way street of communication between you and your deacon body. Um, They don't have to be your enemies. I know you've heard horror stories. You may have lived horror stories, but they don't have to be 
your enemies. And then lastly, I would encourage you to do some sort of deacon training on the regular basis. Listen, just because somebody's called to be a deacon doesn't mean they know how to deacon. And so having some sort of deacon training once a year, once a quarter, every six months, is very helpful. You say, well, Hans, that's just one more thing. No, no, I'm not saying you need to do it. Your director of missions would, would love to help you with that. Um, there's a great group of guys called Southern Church Consulting. Um, several of them were a part of the, the Georgia Baptist mission board before a big downsizing and, and all of them have pastored, all of them have served churches and all of them have done lots of training. They'd love to help train your deacons. There's a great guy in that. His name's Brian Alexander, dear friend of mine. Um, and if you're in Georgia, uh, or even in, in a state that neighbors Georgia, like Florida or Alabama or Tennessee or South Carolina, and probably even in the Mississippi and North Carolina without any issue, um, I'd highly encourage you to check them out, Southern Church Consulting, and uh, see if Brian can come and lead a, a, a deacon training for your deacons. Because listen, there's going to come a time when you're no longer the pastor of that church. I mean, to be honest with you, every one of us is an interim pastor because God doesn't leave us there forever. Even Moses wasn't the leader of the children of Israel forever. So there's going to be leadership behind when you're no longer there. And you've invested a lot of time and effort and blood, sweat, and tears into this congregation. Leave them with some leaders that will know how to lead when you're no longer there, or even if you're not there for a short period. Man, I hope you have a wonderful week. Look forward to seeing you again soon. Mm-hmm.